Hi, everyone. I'm excited to welcome you to episode three of the Prez Paul podcast. This is a place for us to engage and hear honest and curious dialogue about Nazareth College and the people at the heart of who we are. Nazareth College is full of fascinating people and inspiring perspectives and possibilities. I've been having so much fun exploring that this past semester. Through this podcast, I invite you to join in, open your mind to new ideas, and enjoy the beauty and wonders of the Nazareth College learning community. Each podcast will be a meaningful conversation that speaks to Nazareth's place in the world. And what better topic right now than this strange year that we've been experiencing, <laughs> the year of 2020. On this podcast, I asked three Nazareth students to join me to think together about the meaning and significance of 2020. What a year. What sense can we make out of our collective experience in this extraordinary year? And what insights, lessons learned, and ideas will we take forward into 2021? So here with me today, three wonderful Nazareth College students. First, we have Jake Kwiatkowski, who is a graduate student in Nazareth School of Business and Leadership and also a 2012 undergraduate alum of Nazareth College, where he studied history and philosophy. He is thrilled to help shape the future of Nazareth College through his active participation on the Strategic Planning Steering Committee. Jake also earned recognition recently as the MVP in the School of Business and Leadership Global Shark Tank competition. He plans to use the many different learning experiences from his Nazareth education to contribute to the greater Rochester community. No surprise, he's a Bills fan. <laughs> Amelia Johnson is a junior at NAS studying communication and media with a minor in legal studies. She proudly represents the undergraduate student body in a few ways, most notably on the Strategic Planning Steering Committee and the UA Executive Board. Amelia is excited about the invaluable leadership experience she's gaining and the many ways in which this experience will advance her professional goals. And finally, Tegan Wright, is a junior at NAS studying sociology with a minor in business management. And while at NAS, she has worked as the president of the Women and Gender Studies Student Association, as well as on her own campus-based project to raise awareness about the challenges facing indigenous communities. Tegan is also student coordinator of Nazareth's Social Innovation Hackathon. Tegan is excited to be here today and grateful for the opportunity to talk with the campus community on the Prez Paul podcast. And how fortunate am I to have this opportunity to think together with three inspiring Nazareth students. I thank you all for joining me today. Thank you for having us, President Paul. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. This is um, so exciting. Absolutely. So I was really excited for the year 2020. You remember a year ago? <laughs> We were Barely. ready to welcome a new year. Everyone thought we had 2020 vision. Exactly. We'll be okay. <laughs> That's exactly right. It was the year of perfect vision. I know. It was, uh, that feels like it was many, many moons ago. Yes. Well, you know, every, every year I pick a word that describes a theme for each year. And my word for 2020 was perspective. Little did I know what an incredible year it was going to be for perspective. So to get us started, what words come to your mind when you want to describe this strange year that has been 2020? I think in a similar light, I thought of the word awakening 
uh, we learned a lot about different areas of our worlds and were able to open our eyes to a more digital world where we had to adapt to digital perspectives instead of um, in-person ones. Yeah, mm -hmm. awakening is really a powerful word. Tegan, how about you? It's funny, Amelia. I actually, I had uh, three words that I was kind of thinking about today. Um, and the one that I thought of was conscious, which definitely goes along with exactly what you were talking about with this sort of like awakening and, and recognition. Um, but I think that my number one word that I would choose to describe this year is definitely perseverance. Um, I think that it's been really awesome to see, um, you know, how communities have come together to face COVID, um, to see how, you know, even the most marginalized communities have been able to sort of push through these challenges. Um, and, you know, on top of that, like President Paul was talking about with like racial justice this year, I think it's just been a year of like perseverance and endurance. And, you know, as Amelia was talking about consciousness also. Yeah, that's absolutely, I, I would agree with that. Jake, how about you? That, that segues nicely. On uh, the other side of that same coin, I thought of uh, resilience. Mm. Um, and on top of it too, fragility. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic and later throughout this year, so many long held beliefs, institutions, and just the global economy proved that how powerful it is and also how fragile it is at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it all seemed like we were within a breadth of collapsing many, many times, but we did. Uh, the whole world was resilient in numerous different ways. Um, and having studied history, this is a turning point year. I would say the last one before this was probably 2001 uh, that shaped, at least in America, the next 20 years. This is gonna shape the next 20 or 30 for us as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel the same way. You know, one of the things that's been fascinating to me is just the the unfolding experience that this year has been. It's almost like every month was something different and every month oh. felt about like a year. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it really has been a very powerful year in many ways. As you reflect on 2020, um, what what energized you this year? And maybe also talk a little bit about what drained you this year. Jake, do you want to start? Sure. Um, well, the first thing that really energized me is that uh, moments of crisis and upheaval are moments of opportunity. Um, great change comes about through great strife. That has also been proven through history. Uh, we are still too deep into 2020, in my opinion, to see you know, how this will positively affect us. However, I think just in the long term, uh, the positives that are going to come out of this year and this upheaval are far going to outweigh the negatives. Um, so the, uh, one of my professors asked me at the end of the semester, how did the coronavirus, the pandemic impact your education? And I thought, well, you know, we went online, remote learning, you adapt. Honestly, it wasn't that big a deal. We'd love to be in person, but you do what you got to do. The election I lost about two or three weeks of my life stressing out about that election. Um, and, you know, I have people say, oh, only control what you have control of. You can't control Washington, and et cetera. It didn't matter. Every rational part of my body just said, no, it seems like everything's going to fall apart. And just through both of these crises, there was just no central leadership anywhere, it seemed. No one was telling us anything. Um, so that drained me more than anything. 
It's amazing how much has happened this year as you think mm. about it. You know, we, we, of course, immediately think about the coronavirus, but there's been so much else. Mm. And I agree with you. I, I, I think a lot about how there were a lot of unknowns this year, but there were also a lot of unknowables this year. And that, that just, you know, I think that really is unnerving, although I also agree with you. I think that with some reflection, I think we're going to find that this has been an incredibly powerful year for learning and growth. Amelia, what are your thoughts? Uh, so something that has motivated me this year is all of the uh, social justice advocation that has happened. Is advocation a word? I'm Absolutely. Gonna... Let's do it. Um, <laughs> all of the different communities that have spoken up and said, we need help. We need people to help raise our voices. That has really motivated me to be a stronger leader as someone who wants to be an advocate and try to do that professionally. It's been really inspiring to be able to learn so much this year about all these communities, what people need, what people want, how we can all come together. And something that has made that difficult is Zoom fatigue. Mm. That is mm. very real. And so my eight-hour Zoom days uh, during the semester made it a little bit difficult to keep that motivation going. But seeing everyone's, like Jake's word, resilience, everyone was just so resilient and trying to make 2020 decent, that that helped me a lot. Yeah, those are really uh, great observations. How about for you, Teen? You know, it's interesting with what you guys were talking about. Um, especially uh, Jake, because I was going to say, I think that my sort of silver lining for the year was actually the election. Um, I think that it was, you know, while it was certainly a source of great anxiety, especially for those two weeks right afterwards, I think that, you know, America has made a step in the right direction. And now it's just time for us to continue pushing for the justice that we need to see um, all over the country. Um, and so that was actually, that was a highlight of mine this year. It was, you know, a year of lots of unknowns and, you know, everything that comes with that, but it was sort of a, a, a little, a little silver lining, I guess. And I would say one of the things that I found most difficult to deal with this year was just, you know, sort of reckoning with, um, COVID and the impact that it's had. I think that, one of the saddest um, sort of things I've seen in the news is the toll that COVID has taken specifically on native communities um, and in particular, like the Navajo nation. I think that, you know, the, the lives that have been lost, the elders that have been lost is incredibly tragic. And I think that that was definitely one of the things that was most, it was so sad to see that go, you know what I mean? That source of culture and that source of language, um, but again, trying to trying to stay positive and, and focus on those silver linings, you know. It, it's funny when you say that the election was your silver lining. When I say when I said resilience, that was actually number one on my <laughs> resilient list. Was our, our democracy bent pretty far, but it did not break. It was resilient in this unprecedented uh, election. So no, that's a it's a great a great viewpoint. I like that. And I think you know. What I think one of the biggest things this year has taught me is certainly gratitude mm. of, of anything. I think that it's been a, a really good 
source of perspective. You look at things a lot of, a lot different now. Like, you know, my seeing my family, even things that I used to take for granted like that is like, mm. it means so much more to me now. Like I see my mom and it's like, oh my God, like I missed her. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's the, like the little things that you never used to think of were a big deal. And now it's like, that can make your day or make your week, you know? So. Mm. Yeah, that word perspective, you know, I, I think a lot about um, the ways in which these experiences this year really have shown us more about our humanity, both in terms of some of the challenges that are not new with the pandemic, but that the pandemic has really helped to show us, and also the strengths of, of us as individuals, but also the strengths of us as community I, I just, I find it really fascinating. And, and again, you know, I go, I go back to what Jake was saying earlier. I think these um, lessons learned are going to unfold for quite some time. You know, I, I often hear people say, um, when things are back to normal again, wh when are we going to be back to normal again? And I just think as this very long year has progressed, I really think we are not going back. We are going forward. I don't think there is going back to normal again. Um, you know, we, we now know lived realities of a pandemic or systemic racism, environmental stress. We know these lived realities now and we can't go back in terms of not knowing them. So what will we do with them? And Jake, I, I love your love of history and the perspective that you're bringing to this conversation because mm -hmm. I often think about our founders and what they had to come to grips with when they were emerging from the pandemic of 1918 we were founded in 1924 so it was in this emergence from that major pandemic that Nazareth was founded and we were defined as part of the path forward in progressing from that really challenging time. So I think about that a lot in terms of foreshadowing now where we are and honestly the responsibility that Nazareth has for stepping up to lead us out of this time and to lead us in a very powerful emergence. So let's talk for a little bit about your thoughts about how our world might be different as we emerge from this pandemic. What, what do you think we're gonna value more? What do you think we might value less? Amelia, do you wanna take that one first? Sure, one of the things we did as an exercise in the strategic planning committee was we did an exercise where we talked about what students would ask in 2040. What would they wanna know about NAS? And that was a really hard question to answer because who who knows? I that's so far ahead, but I think that's an interesting perspective as we're thinking, how will we come out of 2020 even? Um, and what will students ask next year? And so one of the things that I found is a common denominator through every year of what people will be drawn to NAS for is that personal connection. We have so many different things. So although uh, things to connect with students and different people and departments, um, so I think that as things change and as things go more online or as different uh, things come up in the world, just in any uh, aspect, NAS will still have that personal connection that will hold through. So everything will look different, but we'll still feel as one community. Yeah, it's really, it's powerful. Jake, how about you? 
so it's funny I, I i would say i had a little trouble with this question too just because i still think like you know we're so deep in this year and so caught up of it we're all uh a little traumatized from it if we realize it or not it's hard to see months and weeks ahead right now that said i saw something online today that made me chuckle and i thought was true and historically accurate i understand now why it was the roaring 20s why everyone just dressed up to go everywhere why everyone was so happy and excited because the Roaring Twenties started with a global pandemic and the end of a global war, and then it was over, and then everyone out and just um, was exuberant. Um, so I think that just basic humor, human interaction is gonna take on a wholly different um, angle after this. Um, Amelia just mentioned before, you know, when this all hit in March and everyone, uh, no one had any idea what was going on. There was so much fear. Like there was that one study that said, it can live on surfaces for seven days or whatever. So mm -hmm. don't touch anything. We were all just terrified. Right. And then um, come June, I saw my mother and my father separately and was able to give them both a hug. Mm. And like, I will remember that moment from the pandemic as odd as that sounds like we had masks on, we were outside, but I knew that if I gave my mom a hug, I was not going to catch this like deadly disease for two wow. seconds. Right. Wow. Um, but just valuing those simple interactions um, and I'm hoping also that when everything shut down and everyone was forced to quite literally stop for a second, mm -hmm. I hope that carries on um, because everything these days is just go, 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 go. Like you should be every second, you should be doing something. And most of us don't even know what it is. It usually just ends up being scrolling social media to feel like, you know, you're involved with something. But I hope the pandemic forced people to just stop and just be for even five, 10 minutes at a time and just realize everything that's going around on around you that's not online, not on a screen. Um, easier said than done. I don't always practice what I just preached there, but I'm, I'm hoping some of that carries past this pandemic. I think that's powerful. You know, be more intentional, be more deliberate with how we choose to spend our time, how we choose to um, use ourselves to do good in the world. I, I think that's powerful, Jake. I, I agree with you. Tegan, how about for you? Yeah, so actually kind of going off what Jake was saying, um, in terms of like differences we're going to see, I think that one of the biggest things that came to my mind was like individual versus society or versus mm -hmm. the group. I think that in the U.S. we have like a very individualistic society and I think that sometimes it's so individualistic that it actually becomes problematic in some cases. Um, and I think that due to the nature of COVID and, you know, all the things we're doing, like hand washing, mask wearing, social distancing, you know, trying to stay, stay away from loved ones just to make sure that everybody's safe, you know, I think that it's definitely caused us to have to shift from our focus of just on ourselves as individuals to thinking about others, you know what I mean, and thinking about our community. And I think that that's a really great thing. Um, because as you know, a lot of the, the issues that our society is facing, not just COVID, but with, um, you know, climate change and racial justice, it's important that we start thinking about people other than ourselves. Mm. And I think that that sort of cultural mind shift is going to be really important. And I think I was really happy to see that. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that, uh, you know, certainly one of the strengths of Nazareth is a very strong community focus and collectively look at what we've done 
I mean, it's extraordinary. Look at what we've done. And even collectively in society, certainly in terms of trying to figure out this, this virus and trying to work with it to try to figure out how to continue to live. It's really awesome, really. Mm -hmm. So I put together what Jake was saying, which is we all need to stop and reflect and be more intentional um, and be a little healthier, honestly, you know, have a little more balance in our lives and, and be a little healthier. And then I put that together with, but look at what we can do when we put our minds to something, when we prioritize something so important and we come together, look what we can do. And so that's what makes me think about, you know, what comes next in those roaring 20s? Here they come back again. <laughs> and how, how are we going to make a difference? You know, yeah. we've, we've got all sorts of challenges around us. How are we going to come together and really make a difference in our society? So it's, it's powerful. There's, there's a lot to think about here. That's for sure. So when you think about your life's purpose and your life's work, um, has this time made you think any differently about where you want to go and what you want to do in your, in your life? Yes. <laughs> um, so before the pandemic, I worked for Geeks Who Drink Pub Quizzes and we ran pub quiz nights and trivia all around the nation. Um, and that was a really cool way to bring this just kind of like odd geeky sense of community to Rochester and to other parts around the country. Um, and then I went to bed one Sunday night in March and it said LA and New York to close all their bars. And I went to bed thinking, that's it, we're done for. And sure mm -hmm. enough, the next morning we all got laid off. And um, that was that. I'd done that for the last seven years. Wow. Um, so then I was forced to stop, reflect. And sure, there was that week or two of panic, like, oh my God, I lost my job. What am I supposed to do? Um, and then instead I thought, how can I better myself and take this opportunity? So I decided to go back to school um, and went back to Nazareth, my alma mater, where I got my undergrad at and um, got this global business and leadership program that was not just an MBA. Um, that's all fine and well, but this program was more well-rounded. I didn't have to go to business per se. I could go into multiple fields. Um, and so my hope is when my degree is done in August, um, that, you know, some things start to start, you know, rolling out again and to get involved in some sort of business or industry that makes, um, the roster community better, um, a green industry, a socially responsible sort of industry, solar, uh, you know, renewable energy is going to be, um, a massive boom business wise. And. Go figure, we can help the environment at the same time. Um, so I really want to just give back to the city that I've lived in all my life. Um, and it took this pandemic for me to stop and change my thinking to do it. That's so powerful. I love that. And I, I know what you're capable of having witnessed the uh, <laughs> Shark Tank experience. I know what you're capable of. So I'm excited about what you'll bring to, to Rochester. That's, that's really cool. Thank you, President Paul. <laughs> How about for you, Amelia? I want to go back to Jake's point earlier, and the election is what really, I was following that all year. It's been on my mind still. I, I'm still processing it. And so that is one of the things that really secured my career path in wanting to go into public service and work in politics. As we kind of saw, there weren't many leaders that I felt I could connect with or fully trust in different ways. So I 
was really motivated by that lack of leadership to try to become a leader and be somebody in the public uh, service sphere one day that someone could trust when things like this happen. Wow, that's really powerful. And I'm watching you as a leader on campus and representing the student body, and you are well on your way. That, that is very exciting. Thank Tegan, you. how about you? Yeah, so a little bit different from what Jake and Amelia were saying, but it certainly caused me to think about the companies that I work for a lot differently. Mm. I know um, I was working for a retail company back in March um, when the pandemic hit. And, you know, they reassured us, oh, you guys are going to keep getting paid during the pandemic, no matter how much it, you know, how long it lasts. And we ended up getting one week of emergency pay and that was it. And I think that it's certainly caused me to think a lot of more about, you know, who is the company that I'm working for? What kind of company do I want to work for? Do I want a company that's going to give me one week of emergency pay and say, that's it, we're done. Sorry, we can't do anything more for you. Or do I want to work for someplace that actually cares about me as a person, you know, what's happening during this pandemic? So I think that has had a big impact on thinking about, you know, where do I want my career to end up and what kind of company or what kind of workplace do I want my career to end up in? Um, on top of that, I think that as an individual, I've always been very like social justice based. And I think that everything that's happened this year from what we were talking about with you know, um, disparities in health outcomes for COVID patients, and as well as like the um, Black Lives Matter movement, I think that that has very, uh, very much solidified where I see myself going in life. So both of those things I've kind of been thinking about a lot recently. So. Wow, that's really, that's amazing. I, you know, it's been fascinating, actually, to watch the, um, corporate social responsibility conversation progress. It's been progressing for a little while, but I think this year it's pushed it in some very interesting ways. So finding ways to knit your interests together, I, I'm really excited to see where that takes you. That's, that's really exciting. Well, in closing, now that we've almost said goodbye to 2020 and 2021 <laughs> is around the corner, what words do you hope will describe 2021, our new year? One of the things I came up with was patience. We're all so eager to get out of 2020 and have be done with the pandemic and just done with everything and get back to whatever normal is. And I hope that in 2021, we can all take a step back and not rush into things. I, just because the year is ending doesn't mean all of the year's events are ending. Uh, so patience was my word. Mm. That's a good one. And to, and to really, you know, to, to continue to reflect so that we make sure that we learn as much as we can from this really powerful experience. Yeah, absolutely. Tegan, how about you? The two words that I were thinking about were, uh, or I was thinking about were um, sort of, hopeful or hope as well as like equitable um, mm. I think that this year I've I'm I'm hopeful for a better 2020 I know the the vaccines have just sort of they're just starting to get rolled out I know my mom's a healthcare worker and she's mm. like oh I might be getting my vaccine next week and I'm like that's great you know and I'm, I'm hopeful for that I'm hopeful that you know 
we can start to see a turnaround for the better and equitable as i was talking about earlier i hope to see i hope to see us become a more equitable society with the you know incoming um, president elect and uh, as well as these social justice movements so those are my two. <laughs> oh, I, I feel that. That's wonderful. That's excellent. Jake? Um, I'm hoping for growth. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of the overarching theme of this whole conversation is uh, let's not look backwards and hope it's 100 years ago again. Let's move forward. Uh, let's be innovative and grow as a nation together as opposed to separately. Um, and another thing that I think about, you know, from my uh, my my business angle here during the last recession, uh, some companies that dominate our lives now didn't exist. Things like mm-hmm. Uber, Instagram, Airbnb, you know, uh, Venmo, WhatsApp, they were all founded during that last recession. So mm-hmm. I am excited to see what new innovations and revolutions in numerous aspects of our life from social justice to business to environmental, um, environmental justice, what comes out of this great time of strife. Amazing. Well, every one of you certainly makes me feel really hopeful about the future. And you've given me a lot to reflect on as I think about 2020 and make sense of this phenomenal year, really, Mm. um, and to make the most of it as we move forward. So I, I really am inspired by all three of you. And I appreciate you very much for joining me today. I appreciate the listeners for joining us to explore the wonders of the Nazareth College community. I think you see it very clearly in the three students that uh, were part of this conversation today. I mentioned earlier our founders, and we were founded to join with neighbors near and far to work together to create a better, more just and healthy world. And I hope you felt like this time that you spent with us today was moving in that direction. I certainly wish you and yours a wondrous 2021. And you know what? Maybe I just discovered my word for 2021. Maybe it's going to be wonder. Today, uh, we, we wondered together about where we go from here. So together, let's wonder about the meaning and learning we can reap from 2020 and how we can work together as change makers to create a better, more just and healthy world in 2021 and beyond. So Jake, Amelia, Tegan, thank you so much for being here with me today. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I wish everyone a happy new year. And I very much look forward to the next podcast when we will be kicking off our Centennial Commission. I mentioned our founding back on the heels of the pandemic of 1918. And in fact, As we come upon our centennial in 2024, we will be celebrating that founding. We will be celebrating what we have done with our first 100 years, and we will be continuing to look forward and think together about what we will do with our next 100 years. So I hope you'll join me in January for the next podcast, and we will together kick off our centennial commission that will lead us into our centennial celebration.